Hey guys, this is the Hard Time Strong Men Podcast, cheering up a bear class of man. And today we are talking about homesteading. We have unfortunately neglected this for far too long, but this is a conversation that we really need to have. This is a whole sphere in the community that we want to bring in because this is, you know, one of the most important things that, you know, we can talk about, honestly. This is the, you know, this is the old glory. This is the dream, right? So all these skills that we're trying to bring together, all these ideals and the picture that we have in our heads when we're trying to push forward the community, push forward, you know, make this better class of man and where we're trying to get personally our families to is this. So a homestead is a, house, a farmhouse, a dwelling place, and the land that it's on, occupied by the owner, by the family, and it's used as the primary residence. So your, you know, state, you know, I, you see this a lot in Southern states will have like a homestead act where, you know, your homestead, your primary residence is what it gets a tax break and it's protected, right? Yes. Yeah. So essentially, yeah. So you know, if something were to happen, you don't lose, you know, the homestead, you don't lose the land. That's the, that's the general notion, right? Right. So historically, homesteading has its roots in the settling of the West. So what, 1862, so quote, to help develop the American West and spur economic growth, Congress passed the Homestead Act of 1862, which provided 160 acres of federal land She's I wish uh, to anyone who agreed to farm the land, the act distributed millions of acres of Western land to individual settlers. So can we bring hey, that back? That's like, what I'm saying. It's like, can we, can we just get the, the virgin West back? Just the unadulterated, just freaking just country. Well, we don't even need that. Think of how many, like thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of federal land. Like we just can't touch. Yeah. Like put that to use. Yes, man. Like I, I get it. Preserve, mm-hmm. preserve these national parks, preserve all the reservations. But I mean, dude, reservations are reservations are something else that need to be. They are what they are for at reason. large. Yeah. Yeah. But the rest of it, what are we doing with it? Nothing. It's just sitting there. Come on, like let give it to people who need it, who want it, who are gonna like work it develop it into their well, home. And, you know, we're, we're going back to that. You know, I think people are finally getting sick of, you know, living in, you know, disease ridden, freaking poverty stricken, criminally overrun, you know, overrun cities. Oh, we have to pack as many people in one space as we can. Let's build vertically. <laughs> like this will be great. No, looking at you, Democrat run cities. Holy crap. man! San Francisco is a freaking hell hole. So is New York. New York. Get the hell out of here, man. Los Angeles, and, you know, it's Oregon not the states. It's not the, it's not rural. That's not what we're talking. We're talking about the cities. Like exactly. the cities are trash, and we wonder why. You know, we're not no, meant we to live like that. We're not meant to live like that. Yeah. But I don't. You know, I don't think it has its roots in selling the West. Yo, know, hey, you see it, go earn it, go get it. Yep. And I think we can boil down you know, what is homesteading? You know, we have, we gave you the book, the book answer, we gave you the book definition, but I would say that 
homesteading is a lifestyle of self-sufficiency. That's fairly accurate. Yeah. You know, when we were selling the West, it's okay, you know, go on, get, <laughs> and these guys right. went out, they chopped down their own trees for their own log houses that they built with their own hands. You know, like everything, you know, is individual family-based community-based for, for everything. You didn't have your hand held. You went and you figured it out. So talking about, you know, your food, water, shelter, you know, now modern times you have your energy, your power, right? Uh, electricity, you know, your medicine and health, your security and your community. That includes the bartering of goods and services. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, exactly goods and services. If you don't have a skill, you know, someone can teach you or someone can do it for you. Security, you know, take care of each other. You know, if you're in the faith, your church, your church family, you know, take care of, you know, everyone in that way. It's all of it. And with the popular idea of homesteading, you know, moving on to a plot of land, building your own home from the, from the studs up from down the foundation, you know, we, large in part, we don't, uh, we've kind of moved away from that. You know, you can still have that. You can still go out to Montana and get some freaking land and, you know, knock it out with nothing there. But we don't, you know, the concept, the idea of homesteading, it does have to be limited in that way. Homesteading is self-sufficiency. Like you said, with that self-sufficiently self-sufficiency comes uh, being able to build your own home. Like you, you got to be able to build some kind of shelter. I don't care if it's a lean-to shelter or a log cabin or hell, building your own, creating your own bricks, building your own, you know, white picket fence. Right. Like you got to be able you know, to. Not, and you don't have to start from scratch with all this stuff. You know, people are getting sick and tired of having to rely on, you know, government organizations, you know, businesses, entities, HOAs. <laughs> And they're wanting to do stuff for themselves, right? So not saying that you have to drop everything, leave, and go start from scratch. You can start Mm -hmm. right where you're at. You can start in a duplex. You can start in an apartment, in a suburban home, you know, in in a rural home. You can start wherever you're at. But, you know, like you said, starting from your shelter, from your home, the land, right? So what does that look like, I guess, practically, right? So we can, let's, let's cover first what we're doing now, like kind of contextually where we're at, and then we can, you know, rehash everything, um, you know, looking forward or looking through uh, different possibilities, different contexts. Okay. Well, as far as what my, my family's doing, so we are... I mean, for starters, we have two small gardens in our backyard, so we're trying to become less uh, dependent on the grocery stores because, especially in this area, I've seen prices, well, I mean, not even just this area, but every area, the prices of groceries are going up for the everyday things that you need. I mean, eggs. What's the price of eggs right now? $10 a carton? Well, you wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know. (laughs) I'll tell you. it's feels great. Feels great. I, by it the way. doesn't it though? Yeah. No, it's 
the price of a, a carton of eggs, a dozen eggs, is somewhere between eight to ten dollars. That's a, gal- a gallon of milk is. I don't even know. I haven't bought milk in so long. I don't I haven't needed it. Yeah, but I have a buddy who has goats. He doesn't buy milk anymore. I mean, why would you need to? What a way to live. It's the same thing. No, but so that's food. But let's talk about the home. The home itself. Yeah. So I know this isn't us personally, just because I mean it's such a huge uh, cost incurred to start this. But I know a lot of people who are throwing uh, solar panels on the roof to separate themselves from the rising prices, especially down here that we're seeing of electricity. Yeah. And I'm going to call them out for this. Duke Energy is yet again raising their rates to where normally in the summertime, since I bought this house like four or five years ago, and during the heat of the summer, my max electricity bill was like 240 bucks, And I would not be surprised this summer to see it hit almost 400 Goodness. And it's driving more and more people to put solar panels on our house. Because why would you want to pay that? You shouldn't yeah. have to. So you went. But other than that, I have no idea food. what you're talking about. Like, what you are we doing from, for homesteading? You went from food to power to everything except for talking about your home. I got it's you. like so. I didn't so talk this home. Like, well, right, right, right. So you didn't build. You didn't build the home, right? Right. You didn't lay down a foundation. You didn't build your house from the studs up, right? But you have a home. That's this true. This is you know th- that is your Alamo, right? So in in terms of oh, say so yeah, you didn't build it, but it's yours. And that's where that's you're true. living. And that's where your family is. So what do you do to keep? that home in working order right so the Holy idea crap. so homesteading being self-sufficiency right so you don't you know preferably you don't have a guy who goes in and you know every time that you have a leaky faucet you know nope. comes in and you know fixes it for you so what does that look like for you trying to take that responsibility back okay you know, my, my so, dad used to say the joys of home ownership yes so with that in mind, I mean, good Lord, I handle plumbing. I've replaced the kitchen sink. I've replaced um, the drainage for the AC pan. I've replaced uh, the pump for the toilet because it wasn't flushing or filling right. And I, mm-hmm. you know, basic knowledge of plumbing in that regard is just like, okay, well, if it's not filling, then there's something the water isn't getting in there. So that's gotta be a pump problem and yeah. place that. And what do you know? It's fine. But I know you've I mean, worked on like electricity. I know you've worked on, you know, lighting and wiring yep. and insulation. I know you worked on landscaping and landscaping, which we'll talk about huge. later. We essentially dug up our entire backyard and resodded the whole thing. Yeah. It's a which lot, was man, but to pain. make it workable, right? Right. You can't work with sand. Right. You, you can't down here. Uh, the entire area is either sand or it's marshland. That's it. Or swamp. Sorry. Swamp. It's swamp. And that that in itself is a 
an incredible challenge for one growing anything mm-hmm. because you cannot, well, you can, you can plant a garden in this crap, but it's going to take a lot of extra material fertilizer yeah, and the like, which the government thinks contributes to freaking red tide, but you know, it has nothing to do with the pollutants they're dumping into the water. It's, it's, it's our fault for fertilizing our plants. Actually. Um, right. So of course you have to build raised garden beds. Mm-hmm. You have to say for my avocado tree, my lime tree, my olive tree, you have to add nutrients to the soil because there is none. Mm-hmm. There is no nutrients. There are no nutrients in this soil period. So we have to introduce it on our own. Um, I mean, yeah, I redid the front planter bed. We've had fences turned to PVC for added security. I mean, Hmm. repainted the whole place. So you've had to wear a lot of hats. You've had to be a plumber. You've had to be an electrician. You've had to be a landscaper. You've had to... An architect, yeah. I mean, not to mention security, everything else, right? But that's that's where I'm getting at. So... Mm -hmm. You have to be a jack of all trades. Yeah. So... You have to think about this and you know looking at a home everything that goes into a home right the plumbing you know keeping you know food in the pantry you know electricity water i mean like well yeah so plumbing electricity security i mean dude you have hurricanes like you have to like work on damage control for that make sure your freaking home is livable and safe god you know there is so much that goes into this so yeah, I mean you have to have basic, you know, knowledge and basic skill set in plumbing and electricity, and carpentry. I mean all these things. Not I to mean, mention the tools. Yes. Right. So so you don't have to rely on people, you know, a plumber, electrician, or carpenter to come out and do all this. You, know, you have to have some tools on hand and know how to use them safely. And that's something I picked up over the last thirty six years of life. I mean, when I grew up, I grew up on a, I mean, at the time it was a 110 year old farmhouse, if not longer or older. And we had to replace the plumbing, like literally all the plumbing. It was, I don't want to say it was lead piping, but it was old and corroded and we had to change all of it to PVC. Uh, The electricity was, the electricity was like the old, a lot of it was the old fabric uh, covered wiring stuff for the fabric wiring and it was, it had to be replaced. We had to, um, we had to have insulation, um, humped, blown into the, the walls of the entire place. We didn't have AC in this house period. We had heating and that was it. The windows were our AC. So, I mean, I had to learn all these things on the fly. Like as I was growing up, like it's, it was a brutal way to, to learn it all, but at the same time it was necessary. It gave me a leg up later on in life for sure. Because now when something goes wrong, I'm not searching the yellow pages for a plumber. I'm not searching the yellow pages for an electrician. I'm not searching the yellow pages for a gardener. You know, yeah. this is stuff that I had to learn how to do. And learn these skills, and I, I think it's safe to say that I am, yes, a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. I mean, there's some that I know more than others, but 
it's things that I don't know, especially in this day and age, I can look up and I can learn on the fly. That's important too, is that yes. you haven't stopped learning. You're still have the Never. mindset like I need to, you know, continue learning. You know, I always need to be open to learning something new. Exactly. Right? I am forever a student of every art. Yeah. There That's is huge. It doesn't matter who you talk to or how big of a person you think you are or how smart you think you are. It doesn't matter. At some point you're gonna walk into a room and there's gonna be at least one person that knows something more than you do. Right. Well, that's such an important value is being a lifelong learner. It's absolutely essential, especially for homesteading. Because you yes. can't know everything. You can't. You can't. No. You can you can always learn more. But you know, like you said, with growing up, you know, my my folks were either too poor or too cheap to hire out most of everything. And so, and so I <laughs> follow my old man around and, you know, hell man, I, I've helped fix, uh, you know, an old school propane, you know, heater for the home, you know, you know, that thing leaked all the time. So, you know, we'd go out and we'd fix that. Um, uh, hell, you know, old, old house. So, you know, pipes bust in the basement, then you're mm -hmm. down there fixing it. Right. Uh, pipes burst during the winter. So you going out, you're insulating pipes or changing out pipes. Yep. You know, not to mention landscaping. You know, we've had to change out water pump because we were on a well. Yeah. Landscape portions, so like digging out, you know, dirt so you have so you can build in storage. So you know, if we had a trailer, we you know dug all that out. We put up walls. You know, change insulation. You know, all these all these different things. Growing up, and you know, my dad. Anytime I had to ask, he said, "Oh yeah, the joys of of home ownership," because <laughs> he would do everything. Because right. he had to. Yeah, it's a he had necessity to. sometimes. It's just like, you, know, you don't know these things, but you're going to learn right then and there. You're going to learn yeah. either how to do it or the wrong way to do it. Yeah, and but, you know, he, but he was the man of the house, and he had to figure mm -hmm. it out. You know, and the, I guess that big moment for me with this house, because, you know, we've we've done so much with this house, man. I mean, you know, we've, you know, we ripped out all the old, uh, the old crappy vinyl uh, yep. You know, just roll on floor. We switched out with vinyl planking, um, you know, making the dog run outside, you know, changing fences, changing the deck, painting all the, you know, all the cosmetic stuff. But also in the winter of, you know, what, 21, oh. you know, our power cut out in the dead of that, winter. That with absolute the, hellscape. With the, you know, roads being frozen over two, three times so you can go anywhere. Yep. And, you know, thank God I was so hardline on this with my wife that, you know, because she'd end up choosing our, you know, she had to go out and view all the houses because I was still in school. So she had to have, you know, eyes on with the house. But my, one of my big um, non-negotiables was, hey, you know, it has to have a fireplace. Just because, you know, I'm old school like that. Right. And tell you if I wasn't, you know, keeping that fire burning all day and all night for four days where I cracked the stones all the way up into the chute because it was so hot for so long to you hold that you over know, her head that you were right about that. Serve. I don't, I don't hold her over her head, but I'm just like, thank God I was weird about this one thing, man. <laughs> I told her it's always it, the one thing I told her it has to have a, a mature tree, which we had to end up cutting down because it had freaking heart rot and mm -hmm. it has to have a fireplace. And that, you know, and it ended up being the right call. But 
Right. You know, thank God when I was growing up as a kid, I loved chopping firewood. And I learned to love chopping firewood because my dad would kick me outside maybe chop firewood if I was being too Dude. much of, of a pain. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm out there in three-degree weather chopping wood for four days so I could feed the fire in my fireplace. Went out. I, my buddy was able to go to town. I asked him if he could buy me anything that was cast iron. Going back to, you know, homesteading, old, traditional, proven things, right? And right. bought a cast iron wok, which is this huge freaking uh, pan for cooking all cast iron heavy as hell. Threw that in my fireplace so that we could eat. And we cooked over the fire. It... You know, in pitch black, cold as hell night. And yeah, I felt like I was in the 1800s cooking <laughs> over that fireplace. It's yeah. like, whoa. And people did this every day. Tell me, tell me how humbling that is. Right. Like, every day, every year. Yes. Yeah. That's why we talk about contingencies and, you know, working all this into where it's normal. You, know, you don't have to think about it because, you know, the day that you're going to have to think about it. You know, time anymore. Yep. You know, so and so yeah. sorry to bring us back from that tangent, right? So, in terms of homesteading, shelter your home. You need to know how yep. to take care of your home. Yep. Improve so your think, home. So think of things that you need right now, things that you rely on right now, things you've gotten used to right now. Okay, your electricity, your, your power, right? Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, your water, having yep. food in the pantry, right? So, but being able to take care of your home, you know, so insulation, if something breaks, can you fix it? Do you have tools to fix it? You know, all that comes into play, but you talked about a little bit food, food. So where are you at as far as self-sufficiency with your food? So I think planning wise right now, um, so you have a garden. We, we do. We have two gardens. Um, we probably don't have enough right now to support us year round in these gardens, but they're essentially like an experiment to see what we can do gardening. This is your in first year. space. Yeah. Well, it's like I mean, potatoes, um, tomatoes, peppers of varying kinds, including jalapenos, um, cherry tomatoes. We've got spinach, broccoli, carrots, uh, strawberries. I think I said broccoli. Can't remember if I did or not. But onions. Oh my god, we go through onions like crazy with cooking. So mm. we're, we're growing those, and at the same time, like you never stop learning. So you learn what you can grow, what at what time of year, what you can't grow, how much you need to water them, how much sun they need. I mean, do they require? Um, additional fertilizer composting like full shade partial shade yeah exactly most of that's going to be on the back of your if you buy seeds it'll be on the back of your uh of the exactly bag exactly or if you buy the plant itself mm -hmm. there will be a little tab that comes with it that will tell you all that information usually what they don't tell you though is how many of these things you can put into a square foot Mm. that you actually need to look up And luckily down here in Florida, the University of Florida puts out a guide to how 
how many plants you can put it, it's it's all encompassing like uh when you when you start germinating stuff when you start transferring to the outside when you how much you start watering stuff how much you can put in a square foot like it, it they tell you everything that has to do with this area and i'm sure i mean like we talked with t-bomb like i'm sure there are additional like every state has to have one of these things i'm sure they do there's no reason for them not to oh yeah i mean texas big thing is uh a&m and yeah, A&M. all sorts mm-hmm. of uh all sorts of programs like that all yeah, a- all kinds if, if atm is good at one thing it's definitely that because they're not good at football <laughs> zing hook them um but also 4-h with A&M. yes that's a big thing too that people don't really think about right so teaching your kids all these skills oh god yes and, and that's that's, that's in most states too 4-h is a massive yeah. thing i did not do 4-h growing up because i grew up on the farm so that was that was for my 4-h i didn't do 4-h because i was a fool i mean looking back mm. all the things i could have learned <laughs> all the things i could have learned off 4-h oh my gosh man what a huge resource for people it's insane well if you didn't grow up like farming or you didn't grow up like doing animal husbandry like you had no use for 4-h it wasn't the cool thing to do yeah the times are changing man uh yes i wanted to interject real quick um some resource for for farming so or gardening rather you're a farmer's almanac yes that you can buy any you know ranch and home store any uh you know feed and seed store anything farmer's almanac it gives you long-term weather predictions for the states in canada you know it has what a full moon different uh different tidbits like remedies uh you know, just little things, but to, to my knowledge and off recommendations from, you know, from trusted friends, it's been very accurate as far as weather goes. It's crazy how accurate that stuff is. Um, it, it will tell you the sunrise and sunset down to, I would say plus or minus five minutes. It's crazy for every day that year. It's yeah. insane. It's crazy. But so you have a pretty, pretty in-depth garden. And what was the system Getting you were there. using? What did you say it was? What so was it called? The, the system that uh, we're using is called green stalks. It's great for vertical gardening. It's great for gardening in small spaces. We actually have two of these gardens, which I want to say equates to about 100 square feet. Into like five bucket towers sitting on okay. our fire pit. Like these, these things are probably about five and a half feet tall. Not bad. And a lot no. of square footage. Yes. It, it packs, it packs a punch. It's very, um, very efficient for your space. It, it really does. It can give you a good amount of, um, produce in a small package. Uh, yeah. they do come with a recommendation for what can and can't be grown in them, but mm. you can get away with a lot of stuff that's not on there yeah. in my opinion, but I am actually planning out two u-shaped raised garden beds because like i said this isn't enough and i mean yeah. with us planning on starting a family i was gonna say what's your we're goal gonna need, what's your goal for the garden what do you want my do? goal for the garden is to be completely self-reliant and to cool essentially cut ties from the grocery store except for the things that we need like i don't know um spring or but store-bought things yeah yeah exactly 
I mean, we're even trying to source out a lo local butcher. I found a couple, but it's not like, you know, the small town, you know, give me a hunk of freaking meat kind of things. It's, yeah, it, they still, they can do that, but it's, I would rather find a local-ish person oh, who dude, can I'd give love me. To, I'd love to buy. Hunks of steak. I was to say, I'd love to buy meat once every six months. <laughs> like, I mean, we can go hunting. Yeah, but I mean, I saw a post about that. It's like, <laughs> man, I love buying meat from my local from my local farmer, and it's just like they fill the back of their SUV with just you. You remember Costco? How it has like the big like banana um like cardboard oh, boxes, yeah. and they oh, just yeah. build their SUV, and it's just meat. And it's Dude, like, yes. yeah, those will hold us for six months, and it's like that is the way to do it. So one, you're supporting local business, you know, your local mm -hmm. community. Two, you know, you know that's good meat. Oh my gosh. You know that's good, and I'd say it's even it's it's cheaper doing it that way. That's the big thing too. Is just with the rising prices at grocery stores, I'm looking for a cheaper option. I, mm -hmm. I, for the two of us, like we spend probably hundred dollars minimum a week on groceries, Golly. Yeah, and it's it's, in, it's insane. It's absolutely mm -hmm. insane. I can remember growing up, I spent maybe fifty bucks, sixty bucks for myself for like two weeks. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I mean, cost is a big thing. Um, also for gardening, another great resource. Look up PBOM08, P-B-A-U-M-08 on Instagram. That guy is an absolute wealth of knowledge. We've had him on this podcast. I don't think we've released his episode yet. We're still working on that. Not it's yet. coming soon. But holy crap. That guy knows a thing or two about gardening. He's a good man. He's principled. Really? Very. Yeah, very cool. So during, you know, during the storms, he was out there, you know, helping his community. Right. You know, he kept a lot of people up to date on their current situation. He helped to, you know, he helped to foster help. He yep. helped his local church and, you know, clearing roads, providing, you know, aid, giving out supplies, all sorts of stuff. You know, really, really good guy. Um, but yeah, very, very knowledgeable in gardening. And that's kind of his mission statement is to try to normalize all of this and, you know, increase that standard for everybody. Yep. And he inspired yeah. me to get those green stalks. And it's so helped you a lot. Oh my God. My, my understanding of, of gardening has increased tenfold just yeah. having those and just like looking at his content and asking him questions. I mean, mm -hmm. as it stands right now, I, I, I've shown you. And I'll put these up, up on Instagram too. Like I've, I've planned out these gardens with an app called planter and it's insane. It like you learn how there are beneficials. Uh, there are beneficial plants. Companion plants, companion plants. Thank you. God, I couldn't think of it. They're companion yeah. plants for certain things. And there's ones that don't work together. Like, I learned that, you know, tomatoes grow, grow great with onions. Uh, they grow mm -hmm. great with um, certain flowers, pollinators. Uh, I mean, hell, man. Some, so some companion plants help to keep insects away from other plants. Right. They help others grow. They, you know, especially when you think about the nutrients in the soil. Right? I mean, there, there's just, yeah, gardening is so much. But, I mean, even medicinally, you know, when if you get to the point to where you're not having to go to the grocery store anymore, you can start you know getting medicinal herbs, growing medicinal herbs, 
Yes. There are things that we can plant around our chicken coop that keep mice and other pests away that could you know, potentially go after the chickens or the eggs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, yeah, gardening is huge and it's been huge for generations. And then, you know, what we get to modern West and it's, we've forgotten. Well, it's crazy. I hate to see, it, but it's just, it's not sexy. It's not cool. It's, ne- it's neglected. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not everyday carry, you know, you're, you're not pulling out gear and guns and, you know, doing mm-hmm. freaking one-on-ones and reloads and like, throwing wor- out your night vision goggles. And like, well, yeah, it's, and it's humbling. It's yeah, humbling. It's, I think that's the big it takes thing. Time. Because, mm-hmm, it's time. So you, you have to be patient and you have to be humble because tell you what, you can do everything right and not grow a thing. A hundred percent. You know, it, there are so many factors and you have to be a learner. You have to be humble and you have to be willing to, you know, to try, try, try again. But or shit, you can do everything right. Do one thing wrong, one thing wrong, and you can lose an entire crop. Mm-hmm. You can do everything one mistake. right, grow a great crop, and then the birds can come get it or the rabbits or whatever. You have a We've dog lost. rip through while you, you know, after you just see it and kick up all of your seeds. It, yeah. You know, oh, I'm sure. Did we there's, have lost there's so much we have lost so many heirloom tomatoes to birds it's insane mm-hmm. when i was a kid we had this huge cherry tree in our backyard and it would grow you know it would grow cherries every single year and we'd love it because we you know pick you know we were kids pick right so we'd pick it and we'd eat and then you know mom would mm-hmm. have us you know go collect so we should make a pie all this stuff right but then oh, every year around the same time the birds would figure it out mm. and it swarm the entire tree and you know take the entire harvest if you let them so like she literally had me and my cousin on the on the back porch with bb guns shooting off the birds all day so that we could you know collect harvest but um yeah all that to say uh you have to be very patient very humble and tenacious to you know to yeah, and there's a little bit of luck too. To have it is. Harvest. But and honestly, I, I I really equate a lot of gardening back to our last episode about how to fail. Like, yeah. yeah, you need to take each failure with gardening as a lesson. Like there's mm-hmm. somehow something went wrong. Figure it out. Don't do it. Don't do yeah. it again. Mm-hmm. But but gardening is huge. It's a it's a huge thing for you for your family. It's a huge thing for community. Yeah. Right. But what we're doing right now, so we just started gardening this year too. And I don't remember how you went all out. Our, yeah, I don't remember how big our so me yeah, so me and my wife didn't really uh we're really playing games this year. So we um started and we have plans to completely convert our front yard to garden space. Because our front yard isn't doing anything. It's just sitting there and I mow it. We don't play in it. It's hot. There's no big tree there. It's just, it's an ornament. And so we built so far three huge raised beds. Uh, I think like 12 foot, 13 foot by, by four foot. Wow. With plans to build one more. Um, and then we're going to tear out all the grass. I'm going to tear all the grass, till everything up and then put clover down so that we can have, you know, pollinators come in and do their thing. Um, but we have 
We haven't, we haven't had a tomato come up yet. I think I don't really have much hope for the tomato this year. But um, zucchini, you, you've seen the zucchini that we have. I held up my one-year-old child for scale. and It was massive. I, uh, insanity. Huge. For no good reason. I've never seen a zucchini like a, that big. It was like a porn star eggplant, dude. It was huge. Well, I'm saying like I, I, and that wasn't us. Like this is the first time we've had like it's not like we're good at gardening. <laughs> just, it it just happened. But we have we have zucchini, squash, um, what else? We have honeydew, watermelon. Uh, yeah. What else? We have the green beans, the sweet peas. We're growing carrot, um, some peppers. So, us too. We long term, we want to cut out the grocery store as as much as humanly possible. We want all of our what we eat to be from us. That that's the long term goal. But we've had a a fun harvest this year. I wouldn't say it's very a very useful one. Uh, motiv- motivating for sure, and it's really great to have the garden in the front yard because it causes our neighbors to see us when we're out there working and to come talk to us True. and to build community yeah. that way. So that was a really great side effect of having the garden in the front yard. Um, you know, giving the ridiculous amount of zucchini we got away because that completely took over about half the yard at this point. The vines are just running. It's insane. That's insane, dude. Yeah. But that's been that's been really fun. I want to be a lot more intentional because you know we got we got copping stuff and different projects around the house, so we weren't able to give the garden the due diligence that it needed. But I plan to have a really great growing season next season. I want to plan everything and get everything. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun. You know, take lessons learned from this time. I'm gonna set up. Well, I was really proud of honestly this time was setting up the um, soaker hose. So we have soaker hoses that run through both oh. of the beds that we're currently using. Mm-hmm. And so when I wake up in the morning, go take the dogs for a walk, I kick the water on. And the 10, 15 minutes that I'm gone, it's watering both of those beds. Come back, turn off. It's done. Nice. And that's all I have to do. And I can even buy a, you know, a faucet timer. So I don't even have to do that in the morning if I want to. So that there's just so many little things that you can do but it's working really well we got all of our dirt from a local um from a local farmer so it's all uh so it's all compost dirt from his cows nice i'll have to work with you offline on those tomatoes because you should be able to get a few at least in a year. Yeah, I think I just haven't. Uh, we didn't do. We didn't trellis it yet, so it's just things that I know we need to mm. do that we haven't done yet. So, okay. um, I think yeah, that's definitely an us thing. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the plant or the dirt or anything. I mean, hell, I can even send you some seeds to start. I, f- I appreciate it, man. Heirloom all the way, but um, heirloom all the way. Uh, I'll send you some that you'll love too. Uh, hell yeah, man! Cherry tomatoes, Roma tomatoes oh, for sauces. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. Thank you. But yeah, gardening. So that's where we're at. We, you know, we've had a decent harvest where we can give to our community, which is a really, really awesome, really fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've enjoyed ourselves. The honeydew. My kids are getting fat off that stuff. It's awesome. Completely fills my <laughs> counter. It's insane. It's yeah, delicious. they're they're like this dude. They're like that big. Yeah, they're like this as big as my head. It's awesome. But they're yeah. There's so much that we're doing right now that we're having a lot of fun with. We're I'm trying to take a note from what T-Bomb told us is, you know, for your first harvest, have fun with it. 
you know, grow things that you want to eat, that you have fun, you know, mm-hmm. eating so you enjoy it, right? So, but eventually I want to do potato. I want to do, you know, I, honestly, I love to do like maize. I, I know that takes a lot of square footage to get a decent harvest, but I, I just want to do everything. So, yeah. Our, our long-term goal is to dedicate more space, obviously take up the rest of the entire front yard and then uh, go into the backyard to where we're completely self-sufficient um, as far as like fruits and veggies. That's that's my ultimate goal. I'd love to do that. Um, and then animal blah, and then animal husbandry. So yeah, this year we started keeping chickens. Oof. I converted an old shed that was in, you know, that was with the house that you know, the floor was completely rotted out, gone. Um, so I wasn't using it. I converted that into our coop. Nice. So, yeah. So I uh, made another foundation for it just out of uh, some two-by-fours with the scorching method, the shusugi ban. Um, mm-hmm. Cut out a couple windows, put, you know, the chicken wire out. And I put up, you know, the, uh, the you know, nesting boxes, some roosts, and we... Got some chickens from from chicks, which are incredibly finicky, finicky things. Um, but yeah, so we have currently four laying hens and six more that are growing, and they should be laying soon. But with that, four eggs every day. I have four people in my house. I have not bought eggs in I don't even know how many months. And chickens are cheap too, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, chickens are cheap. And you have to think so, uh, as opposed to buying by the by the dozen, right? So as soon as you get your hens laying, then you're paying for their food. Because you're already paying for water. Right. You're paying for food, some vitamins, you know, probiotics, that sort of thing. And you know, if you don't have like hay or like kind of bedding, you, you know, obviously have that as well. But hell, man, I go to my what my Atwoods. I buy a fifty pound bag of feed, fifty pound bag of scratch, and I'm good for a month. Yeah, like, and it's just you know super super low key. I so found this on Pinterest, but um, for the feed and water, uh, five gallon buckets. Uh, the water has like five little nipples that I've drilled in and it's kind of like a rabbit where, you know, it pecks the metal bit mm-hmm. and it allows that little space for the water to drip out. And I have five of those around the five gallon bucket that completely filled with water, <laughs> throw my vitamins in, call it good. And then for the food, it's got four, uh, four, honestly, you can make them yourself if you were so inclined, but just PVC um, connectors that have a little nine degree dip in it. So the, yeah. so you fill the food and then it as they eat it, the food just lowers with it because they peck down. You know they stick their head and peck down you know, on the bottom of the on the bottom of the bucket, and just feed and forget. And then I collect eggs every day. God. So, yeah, just I haven't bought eggs in months, and I know exactly where my eggs are coming from. I know my chickens are healthy. I've, you know, built a relationship with the chickens. I mean, it's just, it's the best thing ever, honestly. And the, the eggs are the best eggs I've ever had in my life. They are so much richer than, you know, the tiny, tiny, you know, Walmart eggs that you can get or whatever. You know, it's, it's fantastic. 
Tractor yeah. Supply is a great supply of livestock yes. and feed. Yes. I'm looking on here right now. You can get a freaking 10 count of chickens for 40 bucks. Yeah. That's like, kind of expensive. I would like to get a chicken for like a buck 60. Where'd yeah. you get yours from? Atwoods. Oh, it's a, it's yeah. A, I think it's a Texas store. But, you know, regardless, you find, so find a good, you know, farm and feed guess, store. Yeah. Or tractor supply or whatever. Any store like that. And they're going to have, they're going to have chickens. They're going to have chickens. They're going to have they're the feed so for prevalent. them. Or, I mean, you know, look up coops. a local breeder. Look up a local yes. breeder. You know, we did, we did that too. We went to a place and they had, um, you know, he was selling like, you know, mass, um, Massling hens, and you know, yeah, you can do it that way when they're already grown, so you know that in a couple of weeks or a month they'll be able to lay for you. So there are many options, or just a farmer. Honestly, that'd be the better option because I didn't like the guy that we went to because he was, you know, doing it like per volume. So there were so many chickens, and they were they were a little ate up, you know, a little bit around like the neck and the and the butt where they peck at each other when they're when there's too many, you know, to establish a pecking order. So oh, I didn't really like that. It was a but, chicken mill. Yeah, so I didn't really like uh, that. But you could go to like a like a farmer, a local farmer, and you could you can get some chickens there. Oh, I'm sure. But but super awesome. Something else that I really want to do, hopefully, um, in the fall, is rabbits. I would oh. love to get meat rabbits. Yeah. Because those guys are super easy to keep too. And, and you know, yeah, rabbits are finicky with the heat and everything. But you get a breeding pair, and they breed what every. I I couldn't even tell you for sure. I have a book in here somewhere on on meat rabbits, but they it's very fast uh, reproducing, and you can actually get a pretty darn good you know harvest off one rabbit. So you do that for a few months, and you could you know fill a freezer full of rabbit meat. 90 days. 90 days. Yeah, three months. Yeah, nuts. Nuts. And so same thing, right? So you're you're not thinking of, you know, like per package of meat or whatever. You're thinking more in bulk. So I have to buy this much, you know, food or have water, you know, if I have to do uh, vaccines or whatever. But you have more of that long-term mindset, right? That kind of uh, bulk mindset. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, if you're harvesting your own meat, you know, with meat rabbits, you know, you know, small scale, right? Small, small scale, small animal husbandry. Like you have eggs, you have meat. And then if you have a decent garden going, you're, you're making, you're getting a lot closer to being unstarvable. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. And then, you know, of course, whenever we are able to, uh, you get good, you know, get on a good bit of land, and you know, have a barn. Everything we want to have, you know, all the all the goats, all the cows, the horses, the donkeys, like everything. We you know, we want to do it all. So, and then having square footage for a good, solid garden, like it's yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's a lot of work. Oh, a lot of work, but think about the think about the gain. Think about what you spend to gain. That's true, but. Yeah, are you guys doing anything in the animal husbandry zone, or are you considering, or where are you at with that? So we are considering chickens, but we need more land, to be honest. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, I mean, we're just trying to start a family. We're going to need stuff for the kids. And then it's just, it isn't going to be really feasible to I have. We're going to do like a little coop with a, with a run. I mean, we thought about it, but it's like with us wanting to put in two bigger gardens, it's, it's going to be a little bit harder to do. We would only be able to keep like a small amount, like maybe like two to four, maybe at max like eight. So if you could keep, so I don't remember where I read it, but it said if you have two, you know, two uh, hens per head, so two eggs per head, essentially you keep a family in eggs. Hmm. That's two eggs every single day. How many eggs do you normally a day? Right. None. Right. But, you know, think about, you know, so you, two eggs, wife, two eggs, kid, two eggs. That's a pretty darn good place to be. And if you don't, you're like, I don't want to eat eggs today. Then you're just building up that supply. If you cool thing about eggs, sorry, little tangent, but they don't have to be refrigerated. Right. You can water store those. Can't you can them essentially? Well, yes, but my eggs are on the counter right now. Nature. So check this out, right? So a baby, so you know the general process for a baby, right? So when baby right. comes out, they they've got this kind of white coating all over them, right? All over their skin. This um this the oil. Film. I forget what's I should I'm a nurse, I should know what it's called. It starts with a V, I'm pretty sure. But um it's right there. I don't remember. I don't recall. But um it's to protect the baby, to protect to protect the baby's skin. And people who are looking more into like old traditional practices, right? More like holistic practices. Uh, normally, like in a hospital saying they, you know, clean baby off, wipe baby down, everything, throw baby in a blanket, all the stuff. Now we're going more back to like holistic, traditional type stuff. So uh, some moms aren't, you know, are asking not to wipe the baby down because that has nutrients in it that help protect baby and the baby's skin, right? Moms are opting for tummy time to build that bond to help regulate emotion and temperature. It's all the stuff, right? So with chickens, same idea with the egg it's covered in a film so if you don't wipe that off if you don't you know completely clean it off that egg will stay good for weeks jeez i can keep those eggs on my counter which granted they don't last that long in my family but i can keep those eggs on my counter for weeks potentially and when we had when we had more i don't remember how many eggs we had we're we're pretty much day to day now but when we had a good you know surplus going we had like 18 eggs just hanging out oh wow we we were giving them away yeah so pretty cool stuff yeah so what are you guys doing yeah, for you, water though water we're on city water unfortunately mm, same yeah i so whenever we get land i'm 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 hoping for three ways of of water so I'd love to have, you know, where I'm going to be, I'm in tech, I'm going to have a well. Yep. Just, you know, just knee-jerk reaction. I'm going to have either have a well on the property or I'm going to have one dug, right? I would love to be on a live creek, year-round creek. That's yep. best best case scenario, right? Yep. Um, I would also love if we had, like, sock ponds already. If we don't, then I'm going to dig my own because I forget what's called uh, – was it permaculture, something like that? Um, but the idea there was a sky in um, in Oregon, and the idea is that you have all these mini ponds dug and filled around your property, right? Right. Depending on the gradient, 
you, know, you have so if it drains it drains into the other pool so you always have full pools full ponds right it's it's uh drought proofing your property mm-hmm. just you know it's a it's insane how much these little ponds can hold so you're talking about millions of gallons of water on your property and that doesn't just evaporate away you know what i mean so right. i'd love to do something like that as well um I've seen in more arid, more like, you know, desert climates, they, uh, they have things called rain roofs, which are just like three, four feet off the ground, six feet off the ground. Uh, but it's just square footage of just, uh, just roof that, you know, is on gradient, obviously. So it goes into a gutter, which goes into water storage. And there's a, there's a formula for how much square footage equals how many gallons, you know, per, you know, like rainfall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or how much water collected, you know, for that rainfall, but it's, it's very substantial too. But obviously my, my dream is to be completely off grid for power, water, food, everything. But um, currently we're unfortunately on uh, city water, but we have one 50 gallon uh, like water drum that I've yet to connect to my gutter, but we're going to connect that to a gutter. And then we're going to get at least three more. So not enough to, you know, snare ourselves on, but it'll help with the garden and the dogs and whatever else. But yeah, that's a big thing too. With, with these gardens, they require a lot of water. So if you can collect Mm -hmm. rainwater in some way, every little bit helps. Every little bit is going to offset that bill. hundred percent. So if you have an apartment, if you have a home, Next time it rains, even just a little bit, go out to your gutter. Yeah. Watch the watch the gutter drain because it is insane how much water your roof collects. It's insane. Oh yeah. How much your water, you know, how much the water collects and just you know wash away. You can collect that. Something else, um, what was it? It was a documentary called um I think the biggest little farm. But it was talking about, you know, going to, you know, like you were talking about like companion plants and just like a more holistic, sustainable farming, right? Mm-hmm. There's some farm in California, but they had something called, um, so they planted, they had plants specifically for ground coverage. Yeah. Right. So if they weren't currently using the land, it was ground coverage, but you had something on the ground, the roots in the mm-hmm. ground. So that when inevitably like the monsoon season came, right? And all these farms getting like washed out, all their dirt getting washed away and everything, theirs didn't. And what did it do during that time? Right before all the droughts hit, it collected millions of gallons of water because you had something to collect it. Right. So sorry, I kind of went nuts on that one. But no, that's, that's great. Yeah, where are you guys at with water? Because you are a lot different environment than I am. Man, we are, like I said, we're on city water. Um, we just use it straight from the tap, straight from the back spigot. And mm-hmm. I have a hose. I go out there. I fill up the uh, the green stalks, let them do their things. And that's how we water the plants. We have a sprinkler for the rest of the yard. It's, God, I would love to put in a rainwater collection system. Um it's going to happen sooner or later mm-hmm. just because I got, I, I mean, during the rainy season, why not? 
Mm-hmm. Like as as big of a container as I can get to be, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get it, and I'm gonna store as much water as I can. I don't really know if it's illegal or not, but you know, the system. Um. Um. So whatever you get, what? Because I've seen like the 300 gallon ones where it's like the big box, like on a pallet. But mm-hmm. if Wifey doesn't like that, then you can do like the barrels that can be more fashionable. But whatever you do, get food grade. That's the big thing. Right. So you can actually, you know, use it as potable water. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is more in line with the, uh, like emergency preparedness side, but as far as water goes, having ways to purify your water, right? So if power goes down, uh, good practice is to fill up whatever bathtub you have with water just in case. Right? Yep. They, they have make bladders too. I, I think I talked yeah. about this. Yeah, you can buy it off Amazon and it completely mm-hmm. it goes over the entire tub. Yeah, those are great. Um, Not to mention your be, water heater. Like they, they, you can actually figure out how to open that, and that will sustain you for like weeks. Yeah, awesome stuff. Besides that, having ways to purify your water, right? Mm-hmm. So you have you have iodine tabs and you have aqua tabs. I have aqua tabs. So chemical, you know, uh, purification. Yep. Uh, we both have the Sawyer mini filter. So mechanical filtration. And then having ways to uh, boil. boil water. So whether that, you know, whatever pot you have and then a propane uh, propane burner. And that could be something as big as like, you know, what is it, what is it called? A, uh, like a buddy stove or a Coleman or whatever. It could be as small as a, a little jet boil or yep. was it the uh, the pocket rocket? You know, yep. anything that you can use to, to maximize that. Well, luckily enough, my... Um my grill has a side burner that I can use Perfect. to boil yep. soups and I can just go out there and boil water on that. Perfect. Yep. And it's great. Guys, guys who love to go camping, you, you know, you'll have your little, um, was it your coffee? Uh, you know, oh. your percolator. Yeah. Your percolator. You mm-hmm. boil water in that. There you go. So moving on. Energy, electricity, power—however you want to, however you want to say it, right? I mean, that's so, that's rolling solar. We're talking water. Whether you're rolling with a water wheel, water turbine, whatever. Um, there are so many options. Are you guys on? Do you have anything right now? So help we, aid that. We do not. You do. We are, we are strictly I, I, on the grid. No, I guarantee you do. Really? You're thinking. You're thinking macro. You have a little power bank, right? For your phone? Oh, that's fair. That's fair. We do. I have a... You know what I didn't have? Tons of those. You know what I didn't have in 2021? When a I didn't have bank. power for four days? A power bank. Guess mm-hmm. what I have now? About 75 little, power banks. It's little things, guys. <laughs> Literally, a little power bank that can fit in your pocket, in your car, in your home, whatever. Because you don't know when your power is going to go out, right? But right. just something that, you know, you can be plugged into a USB, you know, and just forget about it. And then when you need it, there it is. You're good to go. They make a lot of these now where yes, you can plug them in and charge them that way, but they also have ones that you can hand crank. They have ones that mm-hmm. you can solar, um, solar, little solar power banks. Exactly. So I have a little solar power bank. I have my, <laughs> my poor neighbor, poor guy. He moved from Northern California right before the freeze. So he was pretty traumatized. Uh, so he, has been trying to outfit the community. He bought us all little bail fangs that we can, I helped him program and so we can stay in touch if need be. He bought nice. us um, emergency radios 
with a solar panel top, a little hand crank, a little SOS transpot, like the, the whole deal. But um, nice. yeah, I love those things. Um, we have a generator, just a little gas generator that can power, I mean, pretty much whatever you want. It's not big enough to power the home, but if we have a major appliance that needs that needs help or, you know, whatever we have that, but I need to know some basic mechanics and basic small engine mechanics in order to get that running. If it right. breaks down for any reason, I have to have a way to keep gasoline for a while because gasoline does go bad. Right. It takes a while, but yes. Yeah. But there are a lot of options for power, like you mm -hmm. said. So not even just completely off grid, but let's say, you know, best case scenario, you want to be completely off grid. So something that like you were talking about, a lot of people do solar power. Yep. Huge technology. Unfortunately, right now, the solar power that they're offering for homes that you probably see in suburbia, you have to be connected to the grid still. And it won't kick on if all your power goes off. That's the that's the kicker with a lot of the stuff. Now, if you have a buddy who's electrically electrically inclined, you can circumvent that. That's where community comes in. But if you're building on your own land, solar is a, a great way to go. You know, looking out over your kilowatt hours for whatever you know, whatever you want to run, right? So, so one, all your major plans are at home. One good one you were talking about with uh, when you were talking about getting on a creek is having a water wheel. Because yes. if you're spinning that, you're spinning a freaking turbine or turbine. Oh my! Which oh my gosh! Connected to a generator, connected to a battery, like you can store electricity. Yeah, excellent. So water torrent, excellent, excellent way. I saw that on uh, Homestead Rescue. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, hook, they hooked up a family with one of those, and they'll never run out of power again. Period. They are the done only, paying the electric bill. There is only a few ways that you would ever run out of water. Number one, if there's a massive drought. Number mm -hmm. two, if that stream gets diverted, mm -hmm. which that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Or, either, either of those cases, you have other big problems too. Exactly. Or three, I mean, you can have some big fat bear that just sits in the stream. That's just meat though. Exactly. Those are your only problems. Like, how much yeah. meat do you want? Exactly. But Honey, we're going to need a bigger freezer. But you grade, you bring up a really great point, though, which is what we always talk about, which is contingencies, right? Mm -hmm. So having, you know, different plans set in place. So me, best case scenario, right? My, my dream setup would be to have my home and any other... You know, if I have a shit and like anything that runs off power, you know, on my homestead would be to run off of solar power, not on my roof, but having like a solar farm close by, right. That I've wired in so I can work on it, do all my stuff. Right. But completely, uh, completely covered by the solar panels with an excess so I can store in batteries, uh, for, uh, inclement weather or, you know, if a panel goes down, what have you. Right. I want that to be backed up by a generator for the home. A good company that I know of is Generac. And you can get those that cover the entire, you know, everything in the home. So not just like little appliances or outlets, but everything, right? You can get those that run off gasoline. You can get those to run off diesel, propane, 
so gas. it's just natural gas so it just depends on what kind you know what generator you get but those are plugged right into the power in your home as soon as it senses that power is off clicks on yep. so you have no so you have no loss in coverage and then of course like you said if i have a live creek or something a water wheel anything like that would be an excellent option but also you know i'm not going to rely just on like central heating and air right so in my home as far as heating goes i also want a wood stove not just a fireplace but like a legit wood stove and for 99.9 percent .9 of the time that can be for a stick that can be for fun burning little fires for you know just like hanging around family time for the 0.1 percent where both my solar panels and my generator goes out in the dead of winter i have a way that i can reliably you know heat my home and survive yep and survive same thing with water you know we're going to have the well the you know, hopefully the live creek, the ponds and everything, but also you're going to need a way to store excess water, right? Have a way to purify that excess water. So, yeah, always, always thinking, always thinking in contingencies. But yeah, to your point, I, I need to find a good plug for like those, those water wheels because those things are, those things are amazing. And when we're talking about contingencies, the last case contingency is usually your community. So if which you, is which is sad enough. That's a is. that's a different conversation because we have gone away from talking to your neighbors first. Yeah, this is but, no longer the Dr. Quinn medicine woman area of you know of the West. It's it's people are so used to like not even waving waving at neighbors anymore. Like you go out and you're just you just ignore your neighbors. I mean, I actually have. Well, happens when you run out of sugar neighbors. or flour or groceries or anything. If you're in the middle of cooking something, oh well, I'll go to the store real quick. You know, not popping over near me like, hey, do you have any sugar? Do you have any flour? Can I borrow some? Right. You know, that's sad. Right. That's sad. It is. We need to get back to that because yeah. maybe you don't have that stuff, but you have something else that they might need. So that's when we get into tradering. Tradering. That's when we get into bartering goods and services rating yeah. what you have for what you need mm-hmm a hundred percent and so you know yes you know borrowing goods and services trading you know skill sets uh equipment stock whatever but also outside of that you know give and take just giving mm -hmm. to your neighbor does so much so much so that's part of the reason why we have the garden in the front yard right so we have an excess of zucchini i have neighbors who love zucchini so i go over walk over my hey do you want zucchini i hand them a zucchini that's as big as my child and they're like oh holy crap thanks man <laughs> i'm like yeah no worries dude and you know you're building this rapport and i can't tell you how much better the relationship with my neighbors has been and we look out for each other I have neighbors who call me up like, hey, did you know that there was this guy coming? Yeah, that's, you know, so-and-so. Uh, and he's, you know, watching the house over the weekend or, you know, whatever. Or they come by like, hey, man, you, know, you want some quail eggs? Mm -hmm. I didn't know you have quail. Yeah, you want some eggs? <laughs> you know? So, like I said, my, my older neighbor who, you know, cares about his community, saw that we were hurting, you know, during that winter. And he wants to take care of people. I was like, here, take it. You know, here's this and didn't talk to anybody, just 
you know, of his own accord, out of his own heart, he went and did it. I have, you know, that same neighbor, we share a side yard and his uh, tree died. That's in between our, but, you know, mm. so I got off work. I'm still in scrubs. I go into my, uh, I go into my garage, you know, take out my chainsaw and I, you know, climb up because I'm the youngest guy there is not, you know, broke or broken, you know? So I climb up in that tree. I help him take down the tree so it doesn't, you know, kill somebody's dog or kill him while he's trying to get his newspaper or tear up their house or whatever. Cause that's what neighbors do. Run over and damage your property or what do you exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, but we're part of this whole self-sufficiency thing is when you build up this community, you know, with families, with neighbors, you know, with your local community, you start looking with a, with a smaller lens. You start looking closer to home, right? And eventually you get to the place to where it's like, oh yeah, I don't need the government to look out for me because I have my family, my neighbors, my friends looking out for me. But also, you know, trading, like you said. So regardless where we know or think where, you know, currency or anything else is going, um, you talked about getting a local farmer, talking to a local farmer and getting local meat or anything else that you might need. That's huge, too. Right. Everybody, this is 6 and 7 with the Hard Time Strongman Podcast, and we are coming to talk to you about our Patreon and Discord. Hey guys, our patrons get early access to all of our episodes. They get all of our exclusive pre and post shows, all of our spicy takes, all of our rabbit holes that we go on, everything that we want to include in the episode, but we can't because we need to stay on topic. And soon enough, we'll be offering digital downloads, guides, everything that we've been working on in the background will soon be available to our patrons. So make sure to check it out. And come hang out with us on Discord. Speaking of the spicy stuff, this is where we discuss most of it. Once you're there, you'll get access to all of our in-depth discussions, including stuff like homesteading, fieldcraft, medical, camping, communications, shooting. You like ARs? Come talk to us about it. You like 4x4 vehicles and prepping? Come talk to us about it. You like Tannerite, Thermite, Napalm? Come talk to us about it. All of the campfire talks that would get us kicked off of other platforms, it's right there in our Discord. Come join our community. We're active on Discord every day. We're interacting with members constantly. We have guys from every walks of life coming to contribute their expertise to all of these various fields and subjects that we've been talking about. Come join the watch Discord. Come join the Discord. Join our community. Build up that better class of man. Now back to the episode. And my last word on uh, goods and skills services. So... I have a buddy who is obscene and I, you know, I'm pretty frustrated with him because just the, the wallet that he keeps all of his certifications and licenses is, is bigger than my own, like actual wallet. The dude knows everything. Oh my gosh. And it's like, it is so emasculating and humbling. I'm just like, you shouldn't exist because you're as old as I am. And he just knows everything. It doesn't matter. Like he just, he's either done it or he knows someone who's done it. But that is the best friend to have with what I'm trying to do with my life. Right. Because <laughs> I could just talk to this guy about anything. I'm just like, hey, can I weld that? And he's like, 
And he'll just think about it. He'll like look at it and talk to me about it. He's like, no, because those are two mills that aren't compatible with welding. Like, it just, nah, won't work. And I'm like, I would have never even, I even know that. I didn't know that was a thing. But yeah, dude can weld, dude can do carpentry, electricity, fiber optic cable, drones. He can do farming, anything, anything and everything. I'm like, you are awesome. But that's the guy to know, man. Because if, if you have a problem, like, hey, dude, can you come over and help me fix this? Yep, sure can, buddy. Be over a minute. Doesn't matter what it is. He helped me with my flooring. He's helped me with plumbing, electricity, everything. I mean, the, the dude's a gem. But make yourself valuable mm-hmm. is where I was trying to go with that. So, you know, spend your time wisely. Learn skills to where you can be valuable for your community, your family, and for other people. That's irreplaceable. Right. If nothing else, you know, we we also just got done talking with Critter again. Love that guy. Um, that episode will be coming out soon-ish. But something as simple as knowing how to handle hand tools. Being comfortable with tools, period. Being knowledgeable about just tools, period, is huge. I mean, yeah, at the very least being familiar with the tools that you have or you will be using. Yeah, this isn't a episode, but dude, learn how to hold a flashlight. <laughs> if you can do nothing else. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, how many how many people's dads have yelled at them for not holding the flashlight correctly or in the right mine, spot? Mine. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> uh, moving on. So medicine <laughs> and health. So you go first because you had a you had a good point on this in the pre-show. Talking about health specifically. Right. So unfortunately the way society is, we don't exactly treat our bodies in the best possible way. Like we are no longer, say, the Spartans. We are no longer like those that, you know, treat our body like a temple. Uh, most of us treat them like your playgrounds. But, you know, keeping yourself in peak physical condition, or at least, you know, good physical condition, will help you both, you know, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Like it will help you get through the day. You won't be nearly as tired at the end of the day. You will be tired if you've been working your butt off. I mean, we all mm-hmm. are. I mean, even if we were doing like mentally taxing things, regardless, you know, it's better for you in the long run, especially health wise. If you keep yourself at least in good condition, like if you don't feel good, that's your body telling you something. You know, if you don't feel comfortable in your own skin, that's not a good thing. Yeah, here's another here's another perspective on it. So in the army, right? When they were, you know, when Joe Sarnes were specifically, you know, working on food, right? Because mm-hmm. you have all these guys coming from all different cultures, walks of life, and you know, food sucks. Um, right. hey, you're not supposed to like it. No. Same thing with MREs. Like you're not supposed to like it. It is fuel. Your body is the machine, right? So thinking in that context, right? Your body is a tool 
that you will use for the entirety of your life, make sure that tool is useful. That looks different for different people. You do not have to look like Mr. Universe. No. You do not have to look like an ultra marathon runner. You do not have to win the freaking Ranger games. What you do have to do is what you demand your body to do. That's a good point. That's that actually a very good point. That looks different for everybody. But if you're like, oh, you know, yeah, six, yeah, seven, I want to, you know, go out and, you know, be completely off grid, have a farmstead, have a, you know, this huge garden. I want to, you know, do animal husbandry with all these huge animals. I want to do, I want to do everything. Can your body keep up with that? What you're demanding that it do. If your body cannot do what you asked it to do, you're going to fail. Another really great post was during the flooding had a had a family that was getting rescued out of a vehicle from a road that had flooded. National Guardsman or some sort of you know some working dude was carrying you know this wife and mama, and husband was you know fat and behind them holding the shoes. Yeah, yeah. Don't be the guy holding the shoes. You know, That's, what yeah. the man that you want to be, the man, the husband, the father that you want to be needs to be able to do what you tell him to do, what you demand him to do. What is your job? What is your task? Can you do it physically? If you can't, get there. It doesn't matter what people think of you aesthetically. Your body is function over form. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, you, you remember Game of Thrones and the mountain? Yep. Did that dude have a six-pack? Nope. Could he rip you in half? Yep. There you go. <laughs> could he could he squish your skull like a freaking melon? Yep. What could he do? Whatever the hell he wanted to do. Because he was a freaking mountain. <laughs> do you think he cared that he had a there didn't have a six-pack? No. <laughs> He didn't give a crap because he could do whatever the hell he wanted to do. So that's a that's a good point too because there's a lot of dudes out there who want to be like powerlifters, who want to be like these crazy crossfitters with like twelve pack abs. It's like, okay, great, that's great. Can you actually do the daily tasks that you need to do? Like, are you trying to like lift heavy logs and move them and create a house? No. Then what the heck are you doing? There are guys who work blue collar jobs who may have a beer gut, but these suckers can rip a phone book, a phone book in half. These guys are some of the quickest moving people I've ever seen. When my uncle died, we went to the, uh, we went to the funeral, went to the wake and my dad tells me a story. I wasn't there, but he told me a story of him, me, one of his logging buddies Mm -hmm. guy had hand like a freaking bear paw. Right. He, you know, went and did the man thing, shook my dad's hand. And granted, this dude had been a logger for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, working the chains, the trucks, the law, everything for a long, long time. My dad said that he did like a little, like, like he, like he would shake a baby's hand, mm-hmm. just a little, little. My dad said that he had to unstick his fingers from each other. Because the dude's paws were friggin' strong. Jeez. Yeah. 
but that's my that that's my final word on on and it, it's always been that for as you know every time that we've ever talked about uh you know what mentally tough physically strong world every time we talked about physically strong i don't care about form i don't care about having a six pack because you remember like a wolverine where mm-hmm. he's like freaking shredded to hell dude been dehydrating for days yeah to get that that's not healthy that's not normal right so form over function every day can you do what you are demanding that your body do what you're demanding your body to do can you do the task at hand that that should be your only concern especially for like war fighters right what are you demanding your body to do are you demanding that your body throw on you know kit a two forward javelin on your back and then run a couple miles well you best be able to do it if you need to do that <laughs> do you need to be able to low crawl 100 meters with your m4 all right you better be able to do that in your full kit i don't have there is no hard and fast rule there is no perfect workout that's going to get you there or get everybody to the same exact standard you need to be able to do what you demand your body do reminds me of the story you were telling me about when you played op four for those rangers yeah yeah dude that's scary talk about humbling so for those who were not there for that episode okay we so we played when i was still you know when we were still in the army we played op four for some rangers who were gonna go do some cool and nasty things to some freaking piece of crap uh people right but we were playing op four we were playing the baddies and we set up with our 240 on a Connex. Yeah, 100, 150 meters away from this wood line. We knew the Rangers were going to come out of there because we saw them you know, do a night jump as they you know, fell from the sky behind the wood line. So we knew where they were going to come from, right? Because Rangers always pick the most miserable place to come out of, so you don't think they're there. And so we waited. And we waited. And we waited. And then the entire wood line exploded. Just like absolute overwhelming fires. Like, okay, we're leaving. And <laughs> we egress behind to this, um, what was it? It was like an earth mover. It was some sort of, you know, equipment, right? And we set in and we see these dudes running. Not, not a jog, sprinting at us. Entire squad in line sprinting towards us. Unloading the entire time. And, you know, of course, we, you know, quote, unquote, died, right? Because, you know, the uh, winners always win in those games. You have to, to, you know, train value. But these guys came up, I was like, and I'm looking at these dudes, and you think, oh, yeah, they dropped their packs in the wood line, they'll go get Larry. No. No. These dudes were full kit. You know, some of them with saw, some of them with M4s, others with, you know, 320s on their M4s. Full ruck on their back. So these dudes just sprinted the entire freaking 100, 150 meters with everything unloading the entire time to come and kill us. That's fit. <laughs> yeah. After after a jump, by the way. After a jump. Which is a, dangerous enough, much less, you know, the impact that it has on your body when you land. Like, uh, yeah. Like, or, you, or yeah. if you burn in, you know. Mm. but But no but yeah and you know your freaking (laughs) your mileage may vary what you need to do but 
you need to you, you need to do the task at hand mm-hmm. so get there and, and with health but, we do have our medicine side which is understanding what's wrong with your own body understanding what's mm-hmm. wrong with someone else's body i mean that could be you know take well, something wrong maybe maybe you know prophylactic right just upkeep preventive medicine sure that yeah. you're staying healthy yeah but we're very spoiled right now mm-hmm. with western medicine right if you have a if you have an ouchie or a boo-boo or your tummy hurts you can go to an urgent care and they can give you a cocktail where the hell you want and make you feel better send you home with a prescription and you're good to go in a day or two right or you can be like those who have a freaking cough and go to the er and clog up our freaking hospital systems right looking at you but you're probably not listening to this but regardless of what's going on right so we're thinking you know self-sufficiency here right how long can you take care of yourself do you have medication on hand for just general pain management you know thinking like Tylenol or ibuprofen do you have stuff for you know nausea or vomiting or diarrhea do you have things for you know if you get the flu or you just you get a cold you know do you have basic wound care at home do you have neosporin and some band-aids can you cover more than that right this all changes when you have more than one person in your house and the big thing is do you have the skills, the knowledge to know how to use a lot of that stuff, especially this stuff, if it's more? Yeah. But I mean, just think about context, right? So when I was in the army, when I was healthiest I've ever been, right? That was a lot different for me. What was in my medicine cabinet in my barracks room versus now, right? I never went, I never went to sick call. I went to sick call one time after I, you know, told my Jeep, <laughs> but that, that thanks was, for not waking was, me up for that dickhead i was asleep too shut up anyway yeah you were <laughs> anyway i mean that, i can bet i can i bet i can guess what was in both of our medicine cabinets when we were in the army shoot aspirin or tylenol bottled water and a pair of socks that's always though yep <laughs> i had that day cool and that cool that was it. I had Tylenol, yep. Dayquil, and Nyquil. That was that was the only thing I had mm-hmm. in my cabinet. Now, I am a husband yeah. and a father. <laughs> my medicine cabinet has exploded. And I'll tell you right now, I don't have enough. No. I don't have enough for anything, for any good length of time. I don't have enough Tylenol to sustain, you know, my my broke my broke body and any ace of pains my wife or you know when kids are too young for tunnel right now but you know whatever happens right for any good length of time i don't have enough you know symptom management for like dayquil or nyquil or nausea or anything i don't have enough bandages or neosporin or just like topical anesthetic or just anything right dehydration let alone exactly let alone if I have to care for somebody else that's not in my nuclear family. Yeah. So think of these things, okay? And that's in Western medicine context, right? What about, what happens when you run out of stuff? Do you have medicinal herbs or oils? 
or anything, you know someone who does? Are you able to take care of things if you have to, if you have to um, improvise or adapt, you know, certain equipment? There's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot that goes into this. Something to think about. Moving on to security. So securing your homestead, right? In case the French or Indians attack. What does that look like in your home? Well, if it's the French and Indians, it, they're going to attack Dusker Dawn. Um, but here, I mean, I have security cameras. I have a dog. I have two eyes. I have untold amounts of ammunition and firearms. Um, I have neighbors. I, mm-hmm. When it comes to like even the physical, like for cleaner bed, that's freaking agave in the front of it. Where if you even like worship against it, it's going to tear a piece of your armor leg off. Nice. I have fences that are hard to climb over. Like mm-hmm. I... Security is layers. I have a solid front door. Layers and layers. Exactly. Security is layers. It's solid front door, like you said. So we joked a little bit with Critter about like filling a hollow door with water. Oh my god. Um, but no, a solid solid front and back door is huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you have a sliding glass door in the back, I mean, like we do, we have mm -hmm. number one, it's glass. So if you break that, I'm gonna know, and then you're gonna meet a few dozen rounds of, you know, nine millimeter mm-hmm. at 3000 feet per second or whatever. But we also have a piece of wood that we can just drop down in there and you're not going to get that door open. I don't care what you think you're going to do. You're not getting that door open. But also companies like three M can, you know, make coatings that can mm-hmm. go on glass that make it virtually you know, unbreakable. Yeah. Granted don't, install it yourself have somebody else do it because that's a horrible pain but you know if you have the if you have the revenue that can support that go for it man exactly but you know like you mentioned all the options that you mentioned security is in layers right so you have a good solid fence right that you know is going to be just a physical obstacle you know not to mention you know a psychological one so all these things are to keep honest people honest right people there just aren't going to do what they're going to do anyways so starting from you know you know why you're so having neighbors that are going to look out for you you and yours right have a good fence right your dog you know which my dogs are not you know uh you know attack trained or defense trained or whatever i am using them for you know auditory stimulus i am using them as a early warning device (laughs) so You've heard my dog, so yeah. So the dogs are always excellent for that. They're great, um, but you know, just being smart, locking your doors at night. You know, which if you're not doing that by now, whew, um, that's something else entirely. But having the security system. So I think you. Well, I'm not gonna say we use, but you know, there's Ring. There's um, what's the other one? Simply Safe. There's a bunch of different options. Simply Safe is cool because. Um, I'm sure you can do it with Ring or whatever else, but you know they have these systems that are um, decentralized now. So yep. you basically can buy whatever you, know, you have your base unit, but then you can buy whatever sensors you want. They have glass breakers, they have uh, cameras, they have you know all sorts of stuff. Motion, uh, so you can build out to to the space that you're trying to protect. So 
those are really great options, especially because they don't have to be connected to their service, the monitoring, right? You can just have the system and then it you know sends out the alert or something happens. Um, but not just from you know physical threats or people, but you know, say fire, flood, inclement weather, anything. You know, like we talked about, you boring up your windows and everything else during the storms. So you have to have, once again, the, the supply, the skills, the know-how to, you know, to protect that, you know, securities and layers, but also having the mindset of security mm-hmm. is a huge thing that a lot of people aren't utilizing or don't have. Getting your family involved. You know, not being the not being the guy that takes security all on his own and then leaves his family out of it, but using his family, you know, as the team that they're supposed to be. Right. I mean, for us, like especially during hurricane season, like you, if you don't know how to do it, hire somebody. Get hurricane like anchors installed around your windows, around your doors. Yes. Yes. Keep plywood on hand, or have like shutters or have um uh, metal panels that you can put in front of them like have a way to protect your home like re reinforce your garage door get a new one like if, yeah. if your garage door is rotting it's not doing you any favors no and the same goes during i mean tornadoes i, I grew up in indiana i grew up mm-hmm. in tornado alley and i survived three of them um. Yeah, they're terrifying. Like they are the finger of God coming down to wipe off an entire section of the planet that He didn't mm-hmm. like. I mean, it's literally that, but you know, figuratively, that it's what you're looking at. They sound like I'm sure freaking was, freight I'm trains. I'm sure that's what it feels like. Yeah, but I mean, don't leave stuff out, especially if you know that. I mean, with tornadoes, you don't really have much of a warning, but uh, with hurricanes, move stuff that it can easily be picked up and thrown. And become mm-hmm. airborne, move it, put it inside. Like, well, like you said, do something yourself, with it. protect we yourself. A, we have a trampoline, we anchored it. Has it gone through a tornado yet? Uh, I mean, several several warnings, everything nice. pretty high winds, but you know, we thank god we haven't had any tornadoes like actually, you know, close. Yeah, I know. But yeah, you know, I've seen too many tornadoes just or too many trampolines just fly away. So I'm like, ah, I'm buying some earth anchors and rationing this down. Yeah, or somebody's getting an early Christmas present. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, not just, you know, it's not just funny that your trampoline flew away, but, I mean, that's a freaking hazard. Oh, yeah. Like... <laughs> well, guys, thank you for sticking through it with us. This has been our, I guess, our introduction into homesteading. We've been around the bush a lot with guests, with different episodes, but we haven't done a a, a singular, like, a focused episode on on homesteading but this plays into so much of the culture and community that we're trying to build this goes into the world that we're trying to make and all these skills that we're trying to pass off to all of you this is this is what it is for so something i guess my last word on this is like we said in the beginning homesteading is trying to live a life of of self-sufficiency so wherever you are wherever you call home that is your homestead that is you know if you have a quarter acre that is your land so 
get after it. Act like it. Six, you got anything? More than what you've said. I just want to thank you guys for listening. Check us out on Discord. Follow our Patreon. We've got tons of stuff coming for you guys. So stay tuned. We are the Hard Times Strongman Podcast. Training on a better class of man. Stay in the fight. Oh, 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 oh,